Hi, I'm Scott. Hi, I'm Casey, and this is Frequent Flighters, a podcast curated by two people with a passion for local beer, wine, and other extracurriculars who tour all the tasting scene has to offer, ordering flights from independent brewers, winemakers, or whatevers throughout greater San Diego, an epicenter for craft beverage culture. You only need to head north, slightly east, for 30 miles or so from San Diego. And you'll find the Escondido wine region. Meaning hidden in Spanish, the city of Escondido is hardly a secret, with over 20 wineries in the area to explore. From urban wineries in the historic downtown district to more traditional wine country style tasting rooms and vineyards. In this episode, we found ourselves at Hungry Hog Vineyards and Winery. Surrounded by estate vines, this family-owned and operated boutique winery has a fun tasting room with a large patio that's a perfect spot for a picnic. Offering spectacular views of the San Pasqual Valley. All right, Casey. So what made you want to go wine tasting at Hungry Hawk? Well, I am a uh, wine enthusiast reader, and I happen to realize that uh, Hungry Hawk Vineyards and Winery happen to uh, be receiving some nice point ratings for some of their wines from wine enthusiasts. And then they were in a gold medal winning competition, the Toast of the Coast competition, which is another more local competition. So with both those... um, sets of professionals weighing in, I figured we needed to go try their wine. In particular, we needed to go try their Cab Franc. And then the plus side to be tasting outside was we were able to kind of see hawks, see red-tailed hawks flying in the sky. What, five or six of them? Well, we saw uh, there were these two that seemed like they were kind of dancing in the sky just for us. It was kind of a great little show. And they're the red-tailed hawks that the winery itself is named after. So it was really appropriate. It was just a beautiful kind of touching moment um, with nature providing us some choreography to enjoy with our wine. So great. This was not just a wine with a bear on the logo because they're in California. Like they have a hawk on the logo because there's hawks They are slinging that hawk because that (laughs) hawk is legit on the property. Um, I believe they are, they, I've learned that that property was previously an avocado orchard or an avocado farm. So, right. So that was pretty cool that, um, maybe they're looking for their avocados that they used to, um, kind of, well, they were saying like they would, they started noticing they were, they were taking the trees down to, to make room for the equipment or the vineyard, you know? So yeah, they were uh, removing, they were removing the old, the old orchards, the old avocado trees. And the hawks would post up, like you said, like just to see if they would scare anything out. They were like hungry. So anyways, the first one that we tried was a 2021 Cuvée Blanc. It was their newest release. I had, I believe it had been released just a week before that we yeah. tasted. Yeah. yeah, so their Cuvée Blanc is a medium-bodied, brute, sparkling wine. Um, can't call it Champagne. Why? It's not from the Champagne region. That's not where the grapes c- grow. Right, so it has to be called sparkling wine, but basically sure. the same thing, right, for all intents and purposes. Yes, and a Cuvée, so a blend of different grape varieties. Exactly. This is Theirs is specifically made from a proprietary blend of white grapes, uh, locally sourced from, interestingly enough, four different vineyards in Escondido. Uh, very low production. So a taste of Escondido. Yeah, pretty cool. Only 26 cases produced. To me, that's like crazy. It's going to go away by the time this podcast airs. Yes, if someone likes it and they take a case, that's 12 bottles just disappeared. Yeah. Right. Uh, 13% alcohol. I, I did notice the the very light bubbles. Um, it had a dull straw color. That's not a bad thing. It's just kind of just you a, know a comes with color. the territory That's of the being a, a, sort of a sparkling wine, wine right? Yep. Um, the aroma though was great. Even though this was a dry brute, it actually um, the aroma for me there was like a sweet elderflower, and I, I did get on the on the flavor. I got um, very light lemon citrus notes. And, and and the finish though it did come back to the nose where it, it was slightly sweeter and mm-hmm. it had that a nice light carbonated finish. 
Sure. So they called it a brute. For my taste, it was, I would have considered it more off dry as far as my palate accepted it. Still really lovely. It had a nice yeastiness and um, sort of nuttiness on the initial bouquet and then that yeastiness and nuttiness on the uh, initial flavor on my palate which was really lovely and that's something you really want to experience in a sparkling wine you said elderflower it had sort of a nice tropical floral mid-palate thing happening it kind of reminded me of just like a light quince or orange or kumquat Mm. or something like that and then it just had a nice sweeter finish a little cloying not as much acidity as i would like to experience with a sparkling wine on its finish but still pleasant and delicious. All right, so the next one we tried is a 2020 Estate Reserve Albarino. This is a white wine grape, 100% Albarino, grown 100% on site and aged in stainless steel. Only 30 cases produced, 13.3% alcohol. Now, one of the things that that I've learned over time and this this experience reminded me of is you pay particular close attention to something whenever it's labeled estate because basically you're standing on on the grounds where it's grown. That's right. You can walk through the vines. And so you you might be staring out at those vineyards looking at the next edition of what you're currently trying. Yes. And so it made it extra special. So I, I was particularly interested in this one. Not that, you know, I wasn't, interested in all of them but this mm-hmm. one because it, you know uh, it was a state it, it just made me a little bit more excited again a clear pale yellow appearance the aroma though sweet pineapple and honeysuckle uh the flavor uh definitely some sort of i couldn't quite pinpoint it i definitely got some sort of tree fruit um i guess I if i peachiness yeah if i had to pick some yeah i would have to pick one i would say apricot though okay and then enough. on the finish citrus orange peel so a little less sweet a little bit like a pithy finish yeah Yeah. exactly um so i i really i really enjoy this one what about you this was my favorite white definitely oh if you love a beautiful pineapple-y aroma if that's something that would really blow your skirt up if you if you smelled that or you wanted to sample something like that tasted like that beautiful bright pineapple on the nose again i totally got the honeysuckle that you mentioned on the nose i got a peachiness ripe peachiness on the palate it was very silky on the palate had sort of a flat finish but not nothing wrong with that it's actually an 88 point wine as rated by wine enthusiasts so i think they may sort of agree with me in terms of its eligibility as a great wine and maybe one of the best that hungry hawk has to offer in terms of their whites Especially out there, it was a little warmer, and we had a nice picnic. This was refreshing. We had a nice BYOP, a pic- bring your own picnic, picnic situation, spread. and this yep. this was hitting the spot at yeah, that particular. It was complimenting we were, everything. It was complimenting it, the olives and the marinated mushrooms. I was kind of snacking on with it. Yeah, it was, so it was good. Yeah. Next up was the 2020 Estate Viognier. This white wine grape variety is sourced on site as well, aged and fermented in a new French oak, mm-hmm. and is unique in the fact that it's 100% Viognier when typically from what I've looked up, is actually usually blended with other Rhone-style white grapes. The Rhone region, The yes. Rhone region in France. Mm-hmm. A whopping 50 cases produced on this These one. These are such low-production wines, so if you find something that you like there and you want to support your local artisans, um, you these get... are things that you should hold on to and uh, enjoy and share with friends. This one, 13.5% alcohol. Another appearance uh, of, of, of clear yellow, but this one actually, I, I don't know if it was me holding it up to the light or not, but I, I felt it to be a little bit more vibrant yellow the aroma though was just like one thing it was sweet peach like a peach ring like i got i got peach ring candy right on the nose but in a good way the flavor um was a little bit more uh, like the pit of the peach which i which i liked it it was just like kind of the whole evolution of of eating a a nice peach okay and then 
the the finish was a dry woodsy oak i definitely got a, a lot of nice vanilla and i got the peach that you mentioned on the finish more so for me personally but yeah that vanilla from that new french oak was very influential in the end flavors and they were beautiful nice lingering great acidity on this end flavors it was lacking a little bit of freshness for me somewhat mid-palate but it had a be- very beautiful nose like you mentioned i got a lot of orange blossom on the nose and i immediately smelled the oak influence right away um, and knew what I was in for, what I was going to experience on the palate, um, which I did get some like nice oakiness. It was It was well-integrated oak, and I, like I said, the vanilla on it, it was pleasant. Agreed. All right, so the, the last white wine of the flight was a 2019 Elliott Ranch Reserve Albarino, another rich, uh, medium, full-bodied Albarino. This one was barrel-aged in new French oak. More full-bodied than the other Albarino, the 2020 Estate Reserve PS. Right. Uh, Sourced, however, on Elliott Ranch Vineyard nearby, Mm -hmm. so that was cool. Well, a single vineyard really means they're sourcing grapes from that vineyard for a specific terroir. They're really, again, they're cultivating that vineyard and that plot of land specifically for in a very loving fashion. So you're also getting, it's essentially almost an estate wine, but... Just a little they're not, far they're off. Not, they're not Nive View, the but it, it's close. Right. It's close. Right. 91 cases produced, mm-hmm. just over 13% alcohol. Okay. okay. So again, same clear, pale yellow appearance. The aroma, actually on this one, you mentioned orange blossom okay. on the last one. Yes. I, I really got orange blossom on the nose on this one. Oh, and then okay. back to that tree fruit, the flavor for me once again, was some was was apricot, but I would almost venture to say this one was more like a dried apricot okay. flavor. Okay. The finish, it was subtle. It was more elegant. It was dry elegant. from the French oak. It mm-hmm. was good. I liked it a lot. I was really I was really going back and forth on which white was my favorite. I did say I liked the 2020 Estate Reserve Albarino, the very best. This was a very close second. Um, this is actually an 89 point wine as well as rated by wine enthusiasts. And on the first bouquet note I got as I stuck my nose in there. I just got some beautiful cinnamon toasted oak notes and I was ready to dive in. I was really interested because I knew it's going to be, I could kind of tell it was going to be full bodied and aromatic and it was, did not, it did not disappoint. It was very kind of had some herbal notes, some delicate citrus notes. It was very silky finish. And yeah, I feel like it would pair with heavier dishes um, because it's a more full bodied white. So lobster cream sauce mm-hmm. just like came to mind and uh yeah go to town with something like that it was a tasty one yeah you can't really go wrong with any of them but i agree with you that the albarinos were the best mm-hmm. all right let's move on to the red shall we of course the next one on our tasting flight was a 2019 estate tempranillo now tempranillo is is pretty common uh you you can find it um pretty much everywhere it grows well in this area right yeah. exactly it, it's of a, the black grape variety typically grown to make full-bodied red wine mm-hmm. uh, this one was um, actually only 79 percent tempranillo uh, blended with uh, small amounts of grenache syrah noir syrah carmenere and petite syrah 58 cases produced just under 13 percent alcohol 
beautiful, bright purple. Um, the aroma, it was it was sweet. I really got chocolate covered dark cherry. Oh, from the sweet, like the oh, you know nice. those sweet chocolate covered cherries. Like yes. I got that, but like a dark cherry it was really good. I did nose. get some candied red fruits. Okay, right, I hear, right. I hear where you're the going flavor, there. The flavor, yeah, the fr- flavor was quite different for me though. It was it was lightly sour, like red raspberry. So okay. a, a, a lot different than I was expecting on, on from from the from the nose. Okay. But the finish, it was smooth. It had a nice black pepper spice to it. I, I, I really enjoyed it. You mentioned the raspberry and some candied fruits. I totally got the raspberry, totally got the candied fruits, but it was also for me a really nice balance between some fruit forward palate moments and also like some peppery notes, some smoky notes, cedar, cigar box, which is something I really like in a red like this, but it wasn't too overpowering. It's sort of like a lighter, light to medium bodied red with tight, like manageable tannins. They're not overwhelming. Um, this is a tasty wine and it, it's somewhat age worthy, I feel like. And um, the color was beautiful. It, but I called it a neon magenta electric raspberry color. Oh, and P.S. I totally learned that this was their first vintage of this. Um, the 2019 since 2014. So they maybe they had been like tooling around with their Tempranillo or the vineyards and a uh, really nice result here. Next up on the red flight was a 2018 estate recon red. This one was really good. Uh, it was mm-hmm. a medium, medium bodied, a Rhone style blend. Yep. I got the breakdown. So, so bear with me here. Sure. 54% Grenache, 26% Syrah Noir, 13% Petite Syrah, and 8% Mouvedre. All grown on site, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. aged in French and American oak. This was also awarded an impressive 90 points by 90 wine enthusiasts. pointer, yeah. 100 cases produced, just under 14%. Mm-hmm. So for me, this had a, a pale, almost ruby red appearance to it. The aroma was very distinct, fresh cranberry for me. Mm, okay. Um, but but the, the flavor was a different red it it was more of a red plum i thought that it had a a really good dry tannic tobacco almost cigar box finish it totally did it was very impressive for me yeah i felt like it had it was so multi-layered with flavor it's like i could almost taste every variety in a in a different at a different moment on my on my tongue Mm -hmm. it actually on the nose it started out with some nice baking spices to me which is um pleasant for a red and then i got some like fresh pomegranate and then i sort of got more earthiness and sort of like some umami and mushroom mid palate and then it for a moment it ended sort of herbal and then like cigar box and peppery for me like you said cigar box and sort of cedary at the end um again really beautiful tight tannins super beautiful ruby red um, yeah, I, I'm impressed with this Rhone-style blend. The next one was a 2019 estate, The Kettle, uh, named in honor of the native Hoxon area. Yes. Uh, a group of hawks flying together is called a kettle. A- the Kettle is another medium-bodied blend of theirs. 78% Tempranillo, 9% Mouvedre, 7% Sangiovese, 4% Carmenere, 2% Cabernet Sauvignon. 125 cases produced, 14% alcohol. The appearance on this one for me, it was darker purple. The aroma it was great. I got like a light pomegranate. For flavor, I got fresh strawberry. Mm. Um, the, the finish, it, it was smooth, light-bodied, uh, blended black fruit finish. So I got mm. kind of like the full spectrum of all the red fruits on this, on this one. That sounds nice. Um, yeah, I definitely got some sort of chocolatey notes on the nose when I first when I first was um, stuck my nose in there and was smelling it. I get some got some strawberry notes, some plummy notes on the palate. It was 
very um, full body. Well, it was pretty, it was medium to full bodied on the palate. Had some savory finish um, notes. And yeah, just, it was a pleasant wine. The last wine on the Red Flight was a 2019 Elliott Ranch Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah, so Cabernet Sauvignon is a, is a full-bodied, bold red, and again, one of the most widely recognized grape varieties in the world. Uh, this one is 100% Cabernet Sauvignon, sourced from their uh, local Elliott Ranch vineyard. So we mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. That was just a vineyard just up the road in so Escondido. They had white grapes growing in that vineyard as well, and now they also have some Cabernet Sauvignon in that plot as well. Exactly. 190 cases produced, uh, just under 14% alcohol. Another really dark purple appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, this dark red, berry color. Yeah. Very much so. For the aroma, though, uh, it, it very earthy, gravel, almost a, a tad bit of red beet aroma. Like something's coming from the ground when I'm smelling this okay. thing. You okay, know? okay, okay. Uh, but the flavor, um, not quite ripe, sour red cherry. I got um, that. Definitely dry oak on the finish, firm tannins, uh, I almost picked up some some leathery leathery notes as well. <laughs> Many leather bound books, perhaps. Okay, great. Yeah, it, it was a regal red. A regal red. I would say it was a regal red. Actually, I enjoyed this one quite a bit. It had some beautiful herbal and aromatic herb notes on the fin or on the nose for me. Eucalyptus came through right away. Almost something gingery, which I was like really intrigued with. I totally got the sour cherry you mentioned. It had a moment of minerality on the palate. Um, I then got some sort of like graphite, cranberry, cherry notes. So it was a really, really fresh cab. Yeah, no, it was good. They were all good. Mm-hmm. And and that's the end of both the white and the red flight. But they were kind enough to let us try a 2019 Estate Cabernet Franc. Uh, Cabernet Franc is another black grape variety typically grown for blending Bordeaux style uh, with Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot. This one, though, is actually 100% Cabernet Franc. So more similar to how it's vinified in the Loire's Chenon region, as an example. Yes, a really nice region of of uh, France, if you ever get over there. Awarded 91 points, Editor's Choice by Wine Enthusiast. Go, go Hungry Hawk. 55 cases produced, 15% alcohol. Wowzer, that's a that's a boozy it's, little. It's bot packing right a punch, there. that's for okay. sure. It is um well integrated alcohol. Let's put it that way. It's not super hot on the tongue and like really punching you in the in the chin when you when you first sample right. it. So the alcohol is not gonna not gonna be that apparent like. In that sort of, in that 15% sort of way. It has like a, a light, bright purple appearance. Similar to the Cabernet Sauvignon, I really do get an earthy soil aroma. Yeah, and the, and the flavor is ripe bell pepper. And some people consider that a bad thing when you're talking about Cabernet Franc. They think that that means it's not ready yet or it's just not quite how it's supposed to taste. But I actually, I like all types of Cab Franc. I don't mind the ripe bell pepper at all. And I get that on this one. I feel like someone has told me once that that can mean that there's been uneven ripening with the grapes. Um, So like some are less ready for picking than others, but they all get picked at the same time because that's just how that has to happen sometimes. I mean, they don't have a lot. They got to use what they have, you know? Uh, 
Uh, on the finish, though, smooth cinnamon nutmeg, just like a really Baking good... Baking spices, yeah. yes. Oftentimes, for me, I get turned off by reds, especially when I first started drinking wine because it, it dries your mouth out. You really get a lot of oak, and it just leaves like this. I can't describe it, but it's that with your mouth. You know, it's like that really dry... One time I had um, a wine professional describe it to me as having sweaters on your teeth. Exactly. How about See, that? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's that what okay? I've been looking for my there life. There you go. Sweaters but on the teeth. This not, is... Not a great feeling. Kind of This weird. is not that. It's very smooth. This is not smooth. happening here. It's a very no. smooth red. It's very easy drinking red. It's delicious. Well, yeah. I actually thought it was really bright and sharp on the f- first sip. Um, it had some sort of vegetative qualities. That was probably sort of the green bell pepper kind of thing that you described as well. It's almost grassy in a pleasant way. And the baking spices I described on the nose and the acidity is just mouth-watering on my tongue right now. And that's kind of something you want to experience with the finish of a wine. I mean, I've met a Cab Franc I don't like, but this isn't one of them. We're friends here. Yeah. Shout out to Hunger Hawk. Very impressed. Yeah. The whole white list, the whole red list, the the extra pour of the Cab Franc. Very appreciative of their service. Mm-hmm. Very appreciative of their boutique estate grown grapes. The artisan local, work they're doing. Every, yes. Everything was great. But at the end of the day, you know, you can't buy them all, right? Nope. So what did we go home with? Well, we went home with the 2019 Estate Cab Franc, and we actually went home with the 2018 Estate Recon Red, that nice blend we tried. And fortunately for my wallet, the Hawks weren't for sale. Otherwise, you probably would have tried to add one of those on the tab, too. Like some, I'd become a falconer. (laughs) Yeah, that's like, you know, whatever. Well, that was the final pour for this episode of the Frequent Flighters podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. And we hope we made you thirsty for another in the near future. Until next time, have a safe flight.